Hello, children. Welcome to the Game A Week podcast. I'm your host, James A. Weekly, and this is my podcast slash video. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, do know that we have our own separate podcast feed, hopefully, for this, if anyone will let us put it up on their podcast service. And if you're listening to the podcast and you are thinking, gosh, this could do with a few more graphics, then head over to YouTube and have a watch there instead. Or do both so that the numbers go up in as many ways as possible. I do like the dopamine hit I get when I see all the numbers go up. Our game for this week is Paradigm, a point-and-click adventure game by Australian developer Jacob Janurka in the classic point-and-click style. And if you don't know what a point-and-click game is, I don't blame you. They've gone out of fashion in modern days, but back in the day we had Monkey Island, we had Day of the Tentacle, Grim Fandango, Sam and Max. These are probably games you've heard of, but maybe not played. Uh, Point-and-click games generally have a lot of humour and wit to them, don't take themselves too seriously, and you can pretty much play them with just a mouse. You move your character around by clicking, and you have them pick up items, talk to people, solve puzzles, maybe combine things in their inventory, uh, use this item on that thing as they get their way through a, a funny story with lots of characters and funny, silly, surreal moments. Um, oh, Putt-Putt. Putt-Putt is the first kind of one of these I played. Putt-Putt um, goes to the parade, saves the parade. Uh, Putt-Putt's uh, parade was that kind of game where you click through and solve simple puzzles. Sometimes you can click things just to get a reaction. All sorts of pointing and then clicking, which is probably where the name of the genre comes from. Now, before I even get into talking about Paradigm, I'll say I really enjoy Paradigm. I'm talking about it because I really enjoyed it and I want to bring it to the people. If you are a fan of classic point-and-click adventure games, go and get Paradigm. It's like 20 bucks on Steam for computers. Uh, you'll probably find it on sale or in a Humble Bundle or something. I don't know, check your Humble Keys. You might already have it. I did. It was in my Steam wishlist and then I checked Humble and it turns out I already owned it. So... You might as well, in which case, check it out. But if you enjoy those styles of games, check out Paradigm. If you don't, then continue listening. If you do, then continue listening, because it might help with making the numbers go up. Um, or just leave it running in the background. That'll make the, the numbers go up as well. You don't need to listen. That'd be nice if you did. Um, the point-and-click kind of games with... Monkey Island, Day of the Tentacle, Sam and Max kind of went somewhere different, because Telltale were making Sam and Max, which were kind of the, the last great point-and-click adventure games that made their way out to the people. They were 3D, uh, they were very funny, uh, lots of story. Um, Sam and Max Season 3 was kind of the, the last of them. It was episodic as well, um, with episodes kind of released in a kind of DLC kind of format, which is what Telltale stuck with with their later games. Uh, but there was that point-and-click aspect, but you could also move your character around with a controller, and there was a lot more to it than that. And the story got a lot more serious, which was a bit strange with the point-and-click genre. And their next game after Sam and Max was The Walking Dead Season 1, which has some of the tenets of a point-and-click game. I mean, you could point, and you could click, and you could kind of solve puzzles, but it was more about the story and choices, making difficult choices like, oh, who should I die, who should I save, 
to try and get different endings. And then after that, Telltale stuck with that. And I'm pretty sure we'll never get a Sam and Max season four, which is very, very disheartening. But the genre kind of evolved into the story-driven choice kind of game, which spun off into games like Life is Strange, which was beloved and had hardly anything in the way of puzzle solving, if any. It was all just story, and the point-and-click genre kind of fell to the wayside. Outside of indie games, where I'm sure it's alive and well. Now, let me tell you why I haven't played many point-and-click games. They can be obtuse. It's very easy to get stuck without realizing what to do. A good point-and-click game will have something like, I need to get through this door. Uh, And you realize maybe the neighborhood cat has the key uh, on its collar for some reason. You might have noticed that, or someone might have told you that. And so you think, okay, I need to get the cat like a fishbone or something. And there are fishmongers. So you can get a fishbone from the fishmonger to distract the cat long enough that you can get the key off its collar to get through the door. And the fishmonger wants something. Well, the fishmonger is a dirty old perv and he wants a, a porno magazine. And you can't find a porno magazine in town, but you maybe can convince this person to let you take a dirty photo of them, and maybe they have their own requirements for that. And maybe you can steal a book from the library and you can glue the dirty photo inside the book, convince the fishmonger that it's a porno magazine, take the fishbone from them, give it to the cat, get the key to get through the door you need to get through. Now, at the outset, all you'll know is that you need to get out that door, but you'll, over the course of things, kind of figure it out. If you notice that the cat has the key, then you'll be able to kind of figure out what the cat might want, and you'll notice it's a fishmonger, so you'll think, okay, I'll try and look around there for fish or fish bones or something like that. And, you know, if you might even get to the fishmonger first who says he'll give you the bone for this, but you'll pick up the bits and pieces and kind of piece together what it is you need to do before you need to do it, and you just need to figure out how or where or find certain items and figure out how they interact. A good point-and-click adventure game will let you kind of figure out ahead of time what you need to get done. Bad ones, and this is a lot of them, in my view, will have you do things that don't really make sense. The fish won't want a fish bone, the fish will want a, a stuffed elephant. Well, how do you get the stuffed elephant? Well, first of all, you don't even know that the cat wants that. You won't know it wants that until you give it to it, and it'll give you what you want, in which case you need to just try everything. Give the cat every item in your inventory, which doesn't work unless you have that in your inventory, and you don't get the stuffed elephant unless you, I don't know, sneak through the vents into the lab because it turns out the scientist is really into stuffed elephants or something. There's no cohesion there. It's just doing things until you succeed. And I felt like that in a lot of the point-and-click games I've played, which has me hesitant to try the genre because when I played, for instance, Sam and Max Season 2, I didn't feel like I was playing the game. I felt like a guide was playing Sam and Max Season 2 for me, and about half of everything I did in that game, uh, Google did for me in a guide, and I still played through it. I really enjoyed the characters and the genre, but I just didn't get any of the puzzles or half of what I was meant to be doing, which took a lot of the fun away, even though the presentation and the sound and the rest of it was so great. And with Paradigm... I didn't find that there was that obtuseness. I could figure out everything 
from the outset once I saw everything that I had to do. Um, now, Paradigm, you star as uh, the character, Paradigm, who is, according to the creator of the game, the ugliest protagonist in gaming, which might be true. He has a, a tumour the size of his head on his head. He is disgusting. And he lives in the Eastern European town of Krush. Uh, there's an evil sloth later on. And Paradigm is... And that the story and the humour of it all is, is great and very enjoyable. Paradigm is a failed prodigy child. Basically a genetics company, kind of Gattaca style, was giving out a designer children or had designer children for sale who would become successful but it all went wrong and it ended up with characters like paradigm who has a giant tumor on his head and lives in this weird middle eastern nowhere town now paradigm has been told by his computer that the whole town and the whole world are going to be destroyed by a meltdown at the nearby nuclear plant and that he needs a specific floppy disk in order to stop it so you go out into the town, you've got a few locations you can visit, people you can talk to, and eventually you find that the space cadet, who is more or less just drugged out of his mind, has the floppy disk you need, and he'll hand it over for some space dust. Now you can get some space dust from the nearby drug dealer. So you go up to the drug dealer's mansion, and he says, well, how do I know you're not a cop? which you can't really prove. So he says, uh, go and behead a cop and I'll let you in and sell you some space dust so you can get the floppy disk so you can save the world. And so you go back through the world and try and figure out what you can do because obviously you're not going to behead an actual cop, but during your travels you find a police hat uh, costume, you know, like a, a classic British constable's hat. And so you can probably figure out if I can find a head, then I can just put the hat on the head and pass it off as a beheaded police person. And eventually you get to the junkyard, and you find the Cone TM, a superhero with a cone for a head slash on his head, and at the junkyard you see a mannequin. And you think, well, if I find the right tool, I can take the mannequin's head and put the hat on it, but the mannequin is the Cone's wife, and he won't let you take her. So you need to figure out how to distract the Cone. Now, you find out the cone's weakness, and he says, more or less, if I ever saw an actual cone flying, I would, knew, I would know it's the end of days. And you've probably seen, you might have picked up a rocket at the Space Cadet's house. And you think, if I can find a cone, then I can put the rocket in the cone and send it a-flying. And then you think, well, there was a cone back at my shack. But my dog is nearby, and he won't let me take it. So I'll fill the dog's bowl with ethanol and alcohol because it's a mutated, you know, Russian kind of Eastern dog who lives off fuel. So you find some vodka, you find some ethanol, you put it in the dog's bowl, the dog drinks it and passes out. Don't worry, he's totally fine. And you can take the cone. So you can take the rocket, combine it in your inventory with the cone, go up to the old launch site, send the cone flying so that the cone TM will see it, run away screaming because it's the end of days, then you can behead his wife, the mannequin, put the police hat on it, show the beheaded police head to the drug dealer so you can get some space dust, give it to the space cadet, and he will give you the floppy disk you need to save the world. It's really silly, but a lot of fun 
and there's a logical progression to it, which meant I got through the whole game without checking a guide, which is fantastic. So as far as point-and-click adventure games go, this is a great way to get into the genre. Um, it looks great. I mean, a lot of the characters are ugly, but they're very well drawn. It looks great. A lot of the sound is really great. The humor really is there. Watch a trailer or something to get an idea of how funny and, and witty and silly it is. They break the fourth wall all the time, and they don't care. Um, gosh, what else is there to say about Paradigm? Some Some moments I really enjoyed... And I don't want to give too much away, because I think you should play Paradigm, is the takeaway from this. Um, there's a point where you get right near the end of the game, and they satirize the whole genre, and they say, oh, you've well done getting to this point, you've beaten the, the, the free-to-play portion, now you can buy the DLC part to get through this door. And there's a puzzle you can do to get through the door, to find the key or whatever and get through, or part of the screen is taken up by a UI element, which is just like some fake, silly, fun ads. And it's like, well, if you click this button next to the ads 10,000 times, we'll let you skip buying the DLC and get in that way. And there is a button there that you can click, and there's a counter that counts down from 10,000. And if you click for about half an hour, and I know that because I watched about half an episode of House while I did this, then you can genuinely skip the puzzle and go through instead, which is fantastic and silly. And I do kind of want to go back and see what the puzzle was, but I felt not clever, but I don't know, it was fun clicking a button 10,000 times just to skip a puzzle and get an achievement. And there's a lot of attention to detail in the game as well. There are points where if you click on the sky, the character will say, Good on you for checking out every detail. Yep, that's the sky. Don't know why you clicked there, but you can. That's fun. The voice acting is also really enjoyable. Surprisingly good for an indie game, and every every line is acted. I particularly enjoyed the voice acting on Secretary Knight, which I think is a send-up of Shovel Knight and all the different knights there. This great... British-sounding voice coming out of this knight sitting at a computer who doesn't really care for the secretarial job. Um, there are some FMV scenes, uh, some uh, FMV being full-motion video, just in there for, for no reason. Um, there's a moment where you can do the tutorial, and you can either have the normal tutorial or the live-action dog tutorial, in which case there's an actual clip of a dog who gets up sits at a computer and then doesn't know what to do because it's a dog and you can watch the, the dog tutorial. Uh, and the options, there's the secret option option that you can tick. And then when you go back into the game, there's just text overlaying saying, this is the secret option. It doesn't do anything. It's just an overlay of text. You should turn this off. So a lot of fun, silly stuff. My takeaway is I really enjoyed Paradigm. I look forward to seeing what Jacob Janurka does next. It's really great to see some Aussie devs out there giving it their ruddy best, mate. And that's about that. So thank you for listening to the Game of Week podcast. And next week, we'll have a different game. How's that for doing what the podcast said it would do? What game? Uh, I, uh, I'm not sure yet. 
I'm, I'm thinking of doing Halo 3 because that came out on computers. But I don't know, maybe I'll do something else. Mario or something. An indie game, who knows? Uh, you'll have to listen up to find out and subscribe to, to the podcast, please, and all of that kind of thing. Thank you for listening. Bye.